Welcome to another episode of Tapping In with TJ and Self Made Cali. I'm Cali. EJ. And I appreciate y'all for tapping in with us for this episode. So for this particular episode, we're going to be talking about 50 Cent and how you've been taking over the game with the Power Books and BMF, the return of the NBA season, and our thoughts on the Kyrie Irving vaccine controversy, relationship taboos, and also our thoughts on the Dave Chappelle backlash. And then we're going to go ahead and close out the episode. Uh, we want to take the time to crown a group of men out in Louisiana for doing a very courageous act. And we're going to get to that towards the end of the episode. Yes, sir. So pretty much, yes, to start this off, 50 Cent, BMF, Power. The brother is fucking killing this shit right now, man. 50 Cent has been killing the fucking game since the first season of Power, man. Fans fell in love with the show. And his characters and it turned into three additional spinoffs. That's Power Book Book Two, Ghosts, Book Three, Raising Canaan. And now they're about to drop the book four force. That's uh starring Tommy Egan. That's the that's gonna that's the one I'm waiting for. I'm waiting. Now that shit gonna be that shit gonna be hard, hard. And then he also got the BMF show, and that's following Big Meech and his brother uh T. And they pretty much tearing shit up right now. And I I'd uh Real, like that uh that first book of power with Tyreek, that shit caught me off guard because it was that shit was a lot better than I thought it was gonna be. I had low expectations for Tyreek. Now, yeah, so that's that's another thing. I really like how Fifty Cent um groom Michael Rainey Jr. So cause they was talking about that, like how he started on the show. When he was just twelve years old, and he was just like the little guy in the background. And now he the first dude on the call sheet. Now he he running shit right now, and I I can respect yeah, that. Yeah, he did. He doing his thing. Still don't like that nigga for killing ghosts, but we gonna figure that out in the long run. <laughs> I still think the nigga gonna come back personally, but <laughs> like, you can't kill a ghost and think a ghost. Like, <laughs> come on, now dust the turn, nigga. <laughs> uh, man, that's gonna be when I lose it. I ain't fucking with them niggas. Facts, okay. facts. Start bringing niggas back for the Not dead. big facts. Another thing I like, uh, really loved about the show is like how they added Mary J. Blige and Method Man to the show. Like, I really, really love how they put like true New Yorkers in the show. And they kind of stick to the foundation, and they put people in, like who got like actual skin in the game, far as like cameos and and recurring roles and shit. And I feel like that's what makes the show seem more authentic. You feel me? Yeah. Shouts out to Mary. She started off kind of stiff, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> she picked that shit up. But yeah, she did. I was a little worried about it at first. Like, come on, Mary, you out here looking bad. Right, so personally, I feel like. The way they made Mary J. Blige's character, that's the way that they should have did Tasha character. Like, they should have had Tasha going in. She was running the books. She was putting niggas on. She was, they had her just, just doing hella bootsy shit. Like, like she just wasn't, like, she was just hella game goofy, bro. Like, I, I ain't even feel that. Yeah. I mean, I, I she kind of grew. She, she picked it up, but. Yeah, I agree. I thought she was gonna. I mean, I didn't think she kind of had the potential to to be Mary J. Just Mary J. is kind of a dickhead. Tasha wasn't. I don't think Tasha would have been a dickhead. But, yeah. <laughs> now I, I feel like I feel like she 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 did what she had to do as far as the car she was dealt. I think a ghost wasn't shit. He was leaving niggas on stuck, and that's that's ultimately what turned Tyreek into Tyreek. You feel me? So I I really like the the storyline and the the. The realness they put behind it too, like Tommy being the white boy yeah. from the hood and shit. Like we all had white boys from the hood. I had a friend named Patrick, just like Tommy Egan, bro. Like always getting picked on just for being a white dude, always having to fight. That nigga got hands though. <laughs> you feel me? You ain't about to fuck with Patrick. You feel me? Yeah, nah. I I think that's that's the the benefit of Fifty being like from the streets for real. It's because he gonna bring. You know, the authenticity to it. Like, I I know somebody of every role from his, from right. power. And that's uh, why. I don't know no BMF niggas that and I that's, know And of, that's but. why I was saying, like, <laughs> he has, like, people who got actual skin in the game. And they bring, like, hella authentic, uh, authenticity to the uh, show. Like, Method Man playing a fucking lawyer, bro. That shit is, like, some of the best shit, bro. He really doing his thing, bro. Shout out to Method Man. Yeah, facts. The goat, one of the goats, and then another thing because Fifty had did a uh, the Triple XL um, magazine cover with all his um, all his leading stars and stuff, and he was saying like he really prides himself on the talent since he's able to attract 
and that ultimately helped the show makes it what it is. And he's fully aware that it takes like he's not afraid to take risks. You feel me? And I respect that shit. Yeah. Facts. And he said, um, shit nah. in the magazine. He said, um, having consistency is key. Like he ain't never really had people in his life that was super consistent. Like especially people like somebody that can stick around, like a Tommy Egan or a Michael Rainey Jr. or something like that, that can make the show into what it is or make it a spinoff or whatever. And he said, yeah, as long as uh, he got actors that's consistent and they own their craft and shit, like take the show to the next level. And it has been. Cause shit, who thought power was gonna turn into all this? Shit, nah. I know I didn't. Shit, I did. <laughs> shit, I well, I wouldn't imagine it would have been all this, but I would have hoped that they would have kept it going. But I, I kind of wish it would have went yeah, different. I, I had no doubt they would keep it going, but to spin a whole universe was like, yeah, I didn't see that shit coming. Nah, that's dope. I thought power would just be on some soprano shit and have hella seasons. Right, but. right. But yeah, he's he flipped now. But fifty, like like he said in the interview too, like he said he he told uh Joseph Joseph Sakura, a brother to play Tommy Egan. He told him they can go to seven seasons. Yes, like he he caught that shit. He said like like he was like I was saying about the consistency. He said as long as he can get people that's on their shit and stay on their shit, they can go far. And they they are and they did. You feel me? Yeah. But with this BMF show, bro, this shit is like a whole. Another animal, bro. Like them following Vic Meach, Meach Flannery from Detroit, made it big. Went all the way to Atlanta. Yeah, my like the uh, whole my brother been industry and shit every fucking day to. Hey, bro, watch me. I still ain't got to. That. I ain't even go. I ain't even go front for the pod, bro. I still ain't got to that <laughs> shit. <laughs> you gotta watch I that shit, bro. It, it's, but... it's 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 deep right now. They got a lot of good people in there. A lot of good. Uh, Actors and stuff. They got a guy. He's from. I think he's British, if I'm not mistaken. And he plays a guy named Lamar. And he's going hard, bro. He's giving me Black Forces vibes, man. Like he's. You feel me? Like he. <laughs> he beat a nigga up so bad on like what was like the first or second episode, nigga. I felt bad. I was. It's like God damn. <laughs> and then went to go fuck a fat bitch in the bathroom. At the, and then put his hands in the nigga fries. Like I was like, this nigga's. Disrespectful, like, <laughs> bro. How far in is that shit? It's like on the fifth episode right now. It's like a good time to probably start watching. So yeah, yeah, it ain't too far. Yeah, in. I might uh, not tonight. We go watch a movie tonight, but I'm a uh, I'm gonna get to that shit this week for show for sure. That shit was crazy. Maybe tomorrow. But yeah, man. We'll have to. I have to revisit this slightly on the next one so I can tell niggas I did. <laughs> no, you- oh, also. Because uh, niggas was on my line. So last last week when we potted, I said Deja was in there burning shit. And she did not burn <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to clear my air. nigga name. She didn't burn nothing. And that shit was fire. It was fire. fire? Okay. So okay. Compliments to the chef, head. my nigga. Compliments to the chef. I'm usually a dickhead anyway. But I, I'll admit to this one. <laughs> That's hella funny. That's hella funny, bro. But yeah, but moving on, man. And we're talking about the the return of the NBA season and our thoughts on the Kyrie Irving controversy on this one. So far as like the whole NBA season, bro, I'm gonna be real, bro. These new look bulls, man. Hey, you been you been paying attention to the new look bulls, man? These niggas, of course, been kind of been going in, bro. They went four and zero in the preseason, and shit, they managed to close out their first uh, regular season game against the Pistons. Zach Levine went out there and dropped 34-7-4, bro. And he did that shit in like 35 they minutes. They 3-0 right now. Absolutely. They going in right now, bro. And I just popped it up when you said that shit. They about to be 4-0 right now. They about now. to be 4-0. 97-88. to 88. I'm trying yep, to tell you, bro. Toronto right I feel now. like them putting DeMar DeRozan with Zach Levine because he been needing some help badly. He's somebody that's been trying to stay down, be loyal. He want to go somewhere, but he don't want to go nowhere. But it's just kind of like, you feel me? They got him DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. Nice mid-range specialist. He can get to the basket. Good kick-out person. You know what I'm saying? On top of that, they got Lonzo Ball. They got Lonzo Ball. He got... Playmaking. Excellent. Extraordinary. Ball vision. I'm, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> it's not even a, I feel like it's a, not even a coincidence that his last name is Ball because his man got Ball vision. You said that monster-ass <laughs> block he put up to? 
Bruh, I didn't see the bruh, block. He out there blocking shit too, bro. Like they they really got like a. I'm not surprised, bro. His only machine. like area improvement was scoring, and niggas tried to write him off on that. Like, bro, really, it ain't nothing he can't do. He locked down on defense. He can score. He just not a scorer. The niggas a playmaking prodigy. Like, bro, is really cold with the shit. Like, I don't know why he's so different. I think it was his dad. I guess you had to point the finger. No, absolutely. That nigga's his cold. dad put a big ass target on his back. It, like it was just all bad, but he still went second in the draft. It was just it was yeah. just hella pressure and shit. I feel like it was hella fake how Magic Johnson came out and was just like, oh yeah, he he gonna be the star of the franchise and he this and he that and just like just dropped the nigga. Shit, that when nigga. LeBron came, he was like, well, we <laughs> ain't seen nothing about LeBron, nigga. That's LeBron. Like, <laughs> right, nigga was like, hey, I didn't. Uh... I could do it. Yeah, yeah. uh, what happened was... Uh, Paul George. <laughs> that's LeBron, nigga. Like, LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, I I can't even say I'm mad at it because it is LeBron, but shit. They did bro dirty. But I'm glad he... I'm glad he thriving. Nah, he big thriving right now. Shit. On top of that, the Warriors, man... Looking at the fucking Warriors, bro. I was just bro. about to say that. The Steph Warriors, Curry. man. The return of Steph Get Curry, up, man. bro. His roses. Even, even in the preseason, them niggas was cooking, bro. Like, <laughs> and they beat the Lakers yeah. on the season opener, too. Even though Curry, he didn't have the best shooting of his, uh, you know what I'm saying? He had the best shooting night with his shit. They had the best support as far as they bench go. Even though they a little bit smaller than the Lakers, they still managed to out-rebound them, niggas. It's team effort. Absolutely. But see, my whole thing also, is with the Lakers, do they even have enough chemistry to compete or even contend for a title this year? Fuck no. I mean, not right now. They're the Lakers. It's LeBron. Like, they're going to figure it out. They're going to get it together before it's too late. Um, but right now, they don't have enough for, for nothing, bro. They struggling. Because right even now. looking at that, like, that season opener game, nobody but Anthony Davis and LeBron James scored over 10 points. Mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony was the only other person close to doing that. The nigga only scored nine points. Yeah, they gonna have to. They gonna have to figure it out. I mean, it's hard. Like with the, with the cast that they have, it's hard to count them niggas out with that team. Like, shit. But uh, yeah, it's they they need to figure it out. Yeah, with Russell Westbrook. He struggled hard on the season debut uh, as the L.A. Laker. He only put up eight points, five rebounds, four assists, and he played 38 minutes. Eight. So the the, the the eye opener to that was his shooting percentage. I don't know if you looking, but if you got it, that's that's that's. He what, shot four for 13. Was, yeah, I, yeah. He was yeah. negative 23 and plus and minus. I mean, yeah, he was fucking up. <laughs> like, I don't <Yeah>. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony. So my thing is like, with all the all the talent that they have, you can't have nobody going four for thirteen. I think maybe LeBron will be the exception because he like play makes real fucking good, you know. Um, maybe, but I don't think nobody should be going four for thirteen. Absolutely, like you got enough talent to get good shots, open shots. You can penetrate, and you know he can do. Uh, Russ can do a lot where he ain't got to be putting up. Shots like that. He, no get more. on this. Get on this double double shit. Get them assists off. I mean, he, he had eight assists. He had eight assists and eight rebounds. But he had hella turnovers too. You feel me? But he just they just got to get some chemistry. Like no knock to him. I, I know it's yeah. like a lot of pressure and stuff. Or maybe it ain't no pressure. Maybe he's got to get in the rhythm. But nobody else. I feel like people are just kind of uh, scared to disappoint LeBron or some shit. Like it's a lot of people missing up and passing up open shots and. You just you kind of see they look uncomfortable out there. You feel me? That's because niggas know if you disappoint LeBron, you go. <laughs> like when LeBron dropped thirty four, AD dropped thirty three, and the other niggas had nine and less. Like, come on now, like it's a, they ain't gonna win like that. <laughs> nah, not at all. But I, I'm just going to record just just on another note, just on a side note. John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies are must see TV. I don't care what nobody talking about. Them niggas is going crazy. John Moran himself is going crazy. Dropped 37 points on the season opener. That nigga went crazy. They got Steven Adams. a great addition. Got a lot of uh, uh, experience playing with uh, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. He yeah. got groomed by a nice uh, coaching system and shit like that. 
So that's that's a good piece. Uh, they had they got somebody named Desmond Bain. They he going crazy, dunking out, the, he jumping out the gym with alongside John Morant. They both going crazy, and they got uh, uh, DeAnthony Melton. Yeah, they. I mean, if if niggas didn't know last year, um, yeah, this gonna be the year right here. Nah, they he, yeah he coming. Cause they they low key did the Warriors greasy in the play in, and that's. I mean, I knew they was cold already because I've been I've been watching Ja, but that's when I knew like that team got the potential to be special. Like they really overachieved last year. Nah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Shit, they made the playoffs. Yeah, and it wasn't even like we made it. Hey, we here. Like them niggas made it and put up a fucking fight. Like every game was a fight. <laughs> so. What are your thoughts? So, should the Nets consider moving on from Kyrie Irving after, like, falling to the Bucks on the, the opening night? Nah. Not, I mean, not off that alone. That's real early to call it. But I don't know, bro, because that's tough. So, it's tough because, like, the nigga is a generational talent. Right. But he's also on bullshit. Often, like I don't know, I don't know, bro. I I really don't know on that one. I had conversations about it and and went both ways. Like, yeah, they should, and then no, they shouldn't, because it's good points on both sides. Um, I don't know. So this is my thoughts on it. I'm not exactly. I don't. I I don't know how I feel about somebody getting fired far as their beliefs or whatever so Kyrie Irving came out about the whole incident he went to Instagram live or whatever and he addressed the yeah. situation so they told him and many other players that they were exempt from the vaccine and they told him that they were all good so now that it's being mandated they kind of reneging on what they told him <clears throat> excuse me on what they told him and pretty much he's Upset about the situation. I won't say that he's more so upset. He's just kind of standing on his beliefs and calling them out on their shit for, as far as them telling him that he's all good. He don't have to worry about it. And now they're telling him that not only can he not play on the road games, he can't play on home games, and they about to start taxing him for, you know, for not playing because he can't play. So I it's it's kind of like they blackballing them in a sense, but at the same time they got to protect their investment and they like he's that's his job like he has a job to do and I can see if he was like a role playing bench ass nigga like but he you know what I'm saying he's somebody that can put up twenty six or thirty mm-hmm. points a night and get to the basket at will and dance on opponents you feel me like that's 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 something he's you a need generational talent absolutely. <laughs> So my whole thoughts on that, but at the same time, it's like on that Giannis Antetokounmpo. I know he gonna do what he gonna do, but he <laughs> he dropped 32, 14 rebounds, seven assists. Kevin Durant it was Kevin Durant, of course. He dropped thirty two, eleven rebounds, four assists. But my whole thing is James Harden always disappearing. He shot hella bad. He shot six from sixteen. Only at he had, I mean he got twenty points, eight assists, eight rebounds or whatever. But it's just kind of like he got to like that gap that Kyrie Irving or that void that he he had. Like it's hard to fill that. Yeah. Even though Patty Mills came Absolutely. off the bench, he shot seven from seven from three, dropped twenty one points for the Nets. Kudos to him. But at the same time, it's kind of like it's still that void. It could have been that plus. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like hard with to... no disrespect, nigga. You are Patty Mills. <laughs> <laughs> Patty Mills came out shooting like, like Steph Curry, bro. Yeah, it's like, bro, we we pay a Kyrie Irving to be Kyrie Irving. Right. Like, I get it. I get both sides, but um, even like in in our world scale, not nigga, our world NBA type shit. I feel like it's trash to fire niggas in general. Are they not even really fire you? They kind of forcing you out, right? 
Um, I feel like that shit is trash in general. Just to like to to try to make somebody put something, anything into their body. Um, like for a job, I just feel like that shit is a trash. It's a trash policy, like. You know, I, I don't I don't like that shit in general. So like, I feel like I would be a hypocrite to say Kyrie should, you know, like they justify it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you getting paid millions, millions of dollars, and not that the pay is is just makes it justifiable because, you know, a, a nigga with no job and look at us like you getting paid thousands of dollars and it's the same shit, right. but it's just like. I don't know, man. I think it's just me being selfish because I want to see that nigga who. Right. But I, I, I hundred percent stand behind, bro. Like, if, if that's not what you own, then that's just what it is. And like, especially if the league told you you good, then I mean, they should have to be accountable on their end too. Like, people love to make Kyrie seem like the crazy guy, but I mean, up until this point, for the most part, everything he said are done. I mean, even if you disagree with it, it's been logic based. Right. You know, it may not be your logic, but he not just doing shit to do it. So and my overall thing, and I totally agree. I, I thousand percent agree. And another thing I don't really like is that the media is kind of ripping them apart and they kind of like putting words in his mouth and kind of speaking for him versus and what which I do uh, appreciate him kind of addressing everything. Rather, people thought he was just being. Salty or not, or whatever the stance on it. Like, I appreciate him dressing it with his own words versus people putting words in his mouth because they always say yeah. in the quote, Well, I, I can't put words in his mouth, but they'll continue to kind of just bash him over what they don't put understand. Words in his mouth. Right. So, with that being <laughs> said, like, I feel like one, I feel like he shouldn't retire, he shouldn't be forced to retire, but I feel like if he's not going to play, if he's not going to buy by the rules. Then he would probably have to go on a hiatus until everything kind of blows down or blow over. But I don't feel like he should retire or leave or even, you know what I'm saying? But I, but if he does eventually get the vaccine and choose to play, I'm all for that as well. You feel me? But at the end of the day, I'm all for like, him being uh, the control of his own choice, of his, his body and his uh, free will and his uh, well-being. Yeah. So I definitely want to see, bro, who... But I'm definitely not mad that he's not hooping because he's standing on what he. I think that's obviously uh, to him as well. That's a lot more important than hooping. Like you know, I mean, to me, it just made me think of that. You know, stand for something or you'll fall for anything. <laughs> right. Like that's <laughs> that's that's what he owns. Like, like, like Mo, I, I fuck with <laughs> the fact that he's not about to get punked into doing it. Right. That, that's like, why I was saying, like, I respect that shit. Like, I'm going to dress it on my time and do it on my note. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Get ahead of the narrative. But that's what's up, man. Because, I mean, without deep diving into it, like, everybody else that I heard of that was on that, they, like, conformed at this point. Like, Andrew Wiggins was one of them. Right. And he went and got it. So, um. But yeah. even then, the media was, like, a, literally attacking him because he didn't, or, he, you know what I'm saying? And then once he did, it was just kind of yeah. like, they they were just, they weren't even talking about it. No yeah, more. it's shit the same now. Shut your bitch ass up. So it's just kind of <laughs> like, yeah, so they are kind of like, in a sense, bullying athletes or just people in general yeah. and getting this shit, which kind of makes it seem like there's more shit going on than what's actually going on. You know what I'm saying? It's like if a nigga was already on the edge, the way they treating it make you not want to. Right, like, right. Like, let me form my own opinion and, and do it. Like, yeah, like, stop trying force to... That I feel shit, like man. they forcing it on niggas at this point. Like... Yeah. But that's what's... If so. you don't do it, you the weirdo. Like, are we about to, you know, we about to single you out type shit. But yeah, but that's what's up, though. And yeah, so for our next subject, our next topic, we're going to be jumping into relationship taboos. You want to go ahead and lead this one? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to lead it without putting bro on blast. <laughs> well, just, I was kind of speaking like, you know. Well, no, nah, it's good. So, I'm just saying a friend, right? right? So, I had a friend uh, who, long story short, without too much detail, <laughs> subscribed to an OnlyFans <laughs> of someone he went to high school with, right? Right. <laughs> And his girl found out, and uh, she was not feeling the idea of 
bruh, subscribing to the OnlyFans. So my question, um, kind of what led to this is, where do you draw the line as far as your significant other indulging <laughs> in sexual content? Like, is OnlyFans a off-limits thing? You not fucking with that? Or would you care if she was subscribing? <laughs> of course, assuming y'all was financially capable. You know, some people got them habits and they, they you know. So, but yeah. So, it's, so that's, that's, that's kind of deep. So, it's kind of like this. It, it really <laughs> depends on the person and who you are and who you with. I feel like that, that truly depends and that really matters. Because if you somebody that partakes in that kind of um, uh, content, or if you're a content creator, if you got somebody that's that make OnlyFans or whatever, and you date a girl and she's and she makes OnlyFans, and you you choose to date her, you know what she do and all the shit. Like you kind of gotta be on board with the whole shit because that's how she get her bread. Versus you subscribing to somebody that you know, like you said, you said the guy knows the girl. And the girlfriend found out and she wasn't really happy about it. I feel like maybe that's yeah. a little bit too close for comfort for her. I feel like, but some 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 women get a little like uncomfortable in general when it comes to like men even viewing porn, you feel me? So I feel like yeah. them viewing somebody that they can actually possibly see or whatever or, or seen before, it kind of creates that more of an uncomfortable barrier. That's hard to kind of get get through, or you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. I, I can kind of understand that. But but if you are somebody that that creates that kind of content with that kind of content and stuff like that, then that's just kind of what it is, you know. But so let's say on your end, right? Let's say it's your girl, and uh, and. A homie she went to school with. How how does that sit in your household? So, so if my girl made her OnlyFans, and he was viewing it, or if she made OnlyFans, no, and she was viewing both. it. Both. Let's do both. Let's do both. <laughs> Let's do well, both. personally, I ain't going for that shit. Personally, I <laughs> especially so if you know this nigga or whatever. But that's not like an uncomfortable thing. Like if it's to my knowledge, then it can be a conversation to be had. But if it's not to my knowledge, I feel like. If I don't know, then it's kind of like what it is, what it is. But if she's open about it and she's asking me or whatever, and she's like, I don't know, man. That's just that's just kind of weird, personally. <laughs> just the whole OnlyFans thing. But I know for a fact, if I'm dating somebody that's into that kind of stuff, it's going to be niggas in the DMs. It's going to be like she's literally showing more than her ass on, you right. know what I'm saying? Like, So that comes with it. At that point, like I got to be on board with that shit. But me, somebody that's not really into that kind of lifestyle like that, I kind of, like a more traditional kind of situation, nah, I wouldn't really be all for that kind of shit. Because I know for a fact, if I if I had Big Booty Becky or whatever on my shit, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, throwing that shit, and she called me over there looking like, oh, that's just Becky from up the street, up the street, oh, hell, like, it'll be a wrap for me personally, I probably, you know what I'm saying, like, probably getting cut. You feel me? I got to I got to go get stitches. But so it, I guess it all just depends. But what if you got a girl that like girls or whatever and you show her like, oh, yeah, babe, like, whoa, whoa this Becky, like, oh, that bitch hella thick. Like she might be with it or whatever. But I, I feel like <laughs> even so, there's still like this uncomfort thing. Like, let's say like, <laughs> for example, even when you having like a threesome or whatever, it's like. Is you, your girl and another girl, you feel me? Like, what is like? the comfort zone there like when y'all fuck or whatever when y'all done like it's like do y'all cuddle with the girl do she leave like does she stay and make breakfast like like it's like are you allowed to make eye contact like is there like it's just certain positions that's exempt or whatever like like is this really all depends like, nah, nigga, that's your best one no, right right get i feel like i feel like even in those situations when girls are comfortable in or down there's still guidelines and 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 uh Lines you shouldn't cross. You feel me? Yeah. That's fair. I think that one, that one's a lot more uh, black and white than like the whole content situation. Yeah. But if I'm a content creator and I'm out there slinging Oscar Mayer, she better be with this shit, man. 
You know what I'm saying? No, no I'm just playing. No. Becky can't watch either. Unsubscribe that bitch. No, that's me being a hypocrite. I'm just talking shit, though. But I, I'm just saying, though, man. It just all depends on the lifestyle and shit, man. But what, what, are, what is your thoughts? You asking me, what's my opinion? What's the, what, how do you feel? You know what? I was thinking about that shit. And uh, at first I was cool with it. But now it's like, I think it... I think my thing would be the proximity, right? Like, I'm <laughs> not that feeling... That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm getting proximity. it. So, it's the proximity. So, I'm not feeling the nigga across the street. Or, you know, we in an apartment. I'm not feeling the nigga upstairs putting out the OnlyFans. And we downstairs and she watching that shit. I'm not fucking with that. You know? <laughs> I just don't like it because... I feel like personally, and maybe it's just a me thing, but seeing people in different lights gives me different thoughts and ideas. Like Becky across the street might not be shit to me when she walking from her car to her apartment, but seeing her bust that shit open on OnlyFans, (laughs) my damn Becky, that shit looking delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Now I want to smack Becky cheeks, like so, and her being. That's what I'm saying. In proximity, right? <laughs> so she's accessible. Right. Not necessarily that she want me, but there's the opportunity. Right. And we, I mean, you know, we curious by nature. So it may not even be an intentional thing, but you could just see her bringing in the groceries and it's like, oh, hey, Becky. Like, you know. I miss Parker. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that shit spiral into a whole nother thing. Don't put so that blinder up. I with think. Left hand's like, nope, no, not today, Satan. Not today. No. <laughs> I'm a child. Go on. Woke up this morning to Christian. <laughs> so. I'm going to go ahead and flip my answer. And I don't think I'm fucking with, with, the, with the whole neighbor homie situation now i mean if if we watching you know somebody out in jamaica (laughs) (laughs) let's do it (laughs) you know i'm all for that man you know you gotta experience the the islands the islands (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i think that's where i stand because at first i was like bro your girl tripping but i guess i can see it now I, i i see the problem right Especially if this nigga built way different than you, and he just like is like, that's what you like. Like, wait a minute, what what are we doing? Like, what is this? Like, it's like it's like you gotta you just like you try not to be insecure, but there's like insecurities in that. So it's like I don't oh know. God. I feel like it all comes nigga, down. I'm five to seven. Bears. You watching seven foot dark skin niggas? Oh no. Nah. <laughs> <Hey>, <laughs> she got it against tall. <laughs> hey, I'm six four, man. <laughs> I'm, nigga, I'm the that. opposite of that. Let me know what you into, dog. <laughs> I'm just saying, but I'm not tall. That's what I'm saying. Oh, nigga. Like, what am I? What am I? Bitch, like watching midgets. Like I don't like what the fuck I'm supposed to do about that. Like what? What do I do? I just think it's sexy when he jump on my back. Other, like wait bro, a minute, that's a whole other like, can of worms, G. So I just think it's real sexy when he jump on my lap. <laughs> like wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah. He's really good back scratcher. <laughs> like, man, get the fuck out of here. I can do that. <laughs> you and this little nigga. Cut. Throw this nigga out the window. <laughs> that nigga Martin said, get to stepping. <laughs> Goddamn devil. <laughs> <Michael Friday. laughs> so baby, we just playing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's hella oh, funny, shit. bro. That shit got me hella weak. But yeah, it's just yeah, it's a it's a no for me, dog. But uh Yeah, I think it I think it's a no for me too. You know what I'm saying? But if I was in like I said, if I was, you know what I'm saying, living that lifestyle, I wouldn't give a fuck because I wouldn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, gotta be solid now, dude. Terrible. <laughs> Let me see. So yeah. On that one. On to the next. Alright. Recap, bro. Um So yeah, for this nah, one, we're gonna be talking about the uh the Dave Chappelle controversy and the backlash for the closer. And pretty much our thoughts, give our thoughts on that and how like Netflix pretty much went about the situation and addressed it. So I'm just go ahead and start on this one. So I kinda feel like 
the whole closer, just all the bodies to work on on Chappelle's show, like just in general, like everything. Because I went back even before we recorded this, and I kind of, you know, just kind of make sure update, make sure I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So his whole thing. So he he pretty much let people know that he's cool with everybody. He understands all shapes, all sizes, all forms of people and all human beings. But he was pretty much putting out there that the trans community has a problem with him in particular because they don't like his jokes or whatever. And I get it. I understand. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like this Dave Chappelle in general, he he, he touches on like rough, hard subjects when as far as race and, and, and division in, in the country and just everything. Yeah. Like nothing's off limits for him. And I feel like when they do kind of react to his stand-up like that, they're kind of giving him, in a sense, like he, it's kind of like, how can I put this? By by them giving him that reaction, it's kind of like him <laughs> giving him more to talk about. And the things he addressed in, 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 the, in the closer was kind of deep. He he revealed that he has a transgender friend that he met in San Francisco and that he took her under his wing, showed her the ropes, took her to some shows, even let her open for him. And even though she wasn't good on stage, she went out there and she did her thing and she and he respected that. And his overall point, his overall goal and message was he doesn't hate anybody. He's not transphobic and he had somebody that was of the community that you know resented him to defend him and allegedly they don't know exactly what caused uh, his friend Daphne that was his friend name to commit suicide but at that time she was getting trashed and bashed by the LGBT community and I feel like he didn't go out there to kind of Bastion Moore, he went out there to kind of get an understanding and, and uh, 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 to kind of let them know that he he's human too and he gets it and that, that he's not inhuman when it comes to these kind of situations or people or their feelings. And he lost a friend because people keep taking uh, taking things out of context versus reading between the lines. And when there's things on Netflix about race and about other things, like people don't really stand up against that kind of stuff. There's a show on there on Netflix about like these little girls. I've never watched the show. I've just seen it uh, as a meme recently. And it's like little girls or whatever. I don't know if it's a dance competition, but they talking about they're wearing like inappropriate things and doing inappropriate dances on there. But the people of the LGBT community, they don't speak out about things like that or like that's pretty much what they were saying and how he pretty much pertained to race and how you have people that's non-black using the oppression of black people to kind of weaponize it against them who's never even experienced oppression. And that's ultimately what it came down to, because every time or even when I was going online or just kind of looking at people. And what they said, they'll kind of bring up the uh, the similarities of the oppression of African-Americans and what the LGBT community experience. And to his point, he was pretty much saying that you can't really compare. Because there's not really comparison, not saying that their sexuality is not important. It's just not the same as far as that aspect, because yeah. they wasn't like. They wasn't using people from the LGBT to build America, to pick cotton, to make white people rich and billionaires. And, you know, what I'm saying it wasn't it was it was very, very, very much more deeper than being discriminated against and not being accepted. You feel me? So yeah. to his point, he was pretty much conveying that message and even through him humanizing itself and taking a step back and even throwing in some, you know, some, some, some funny shit in there. You know what I'm saying? Being itself, this ultimate thing was 
he wants to have a conversation. Not only do you want to have a conversation, but everybody needs to come together. Like there is no hatred as far as that go. Like we supposed to laugh at each other. Like black people, especially if you can compare yourself to the black community, we laugh about ourselves all the time. We laugh at other people all the time. We laugh about shit all the time. We go through so much hard shit and able to dust that shit off and laugh about that shit all the time. You know what I'm saying? And that's pretty much was pertaining to like keeping it jokes. Like it was just, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's racial remarks made about African-Americans at their expense, whether they like it or not. There was white people doing blackface and stuff like that. Like the whole, uh, 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 it's, it's, it's just a lot of, it's, it's deep, it's just way deeper than what it is. Everybody just need to be unified and learn to laugh about certain shit. Because we, we all have all types of jokes that kind of come off as, sorry, come off as prejudice or whatever. Like how they say black people just or just play basketball and stuff like that and how Asians are smart smart and stuff like like these stereotypes and stuff like that. There's all kinds of things yeah. or whatever that may not be funny to some people, but you know, you just gotta take the time to kinda laugh at yourself or whatever or just kinda just acknowledge like the shit that's actually going on in life that's like more important than division, you feel me? And laughter is what brings people together, it breaks tension. And that's just I, that's that's ultimately what I took out of the whole situation. You know what I'm saying? Like we all people. You feel me? I mean, I, I essentially got the same thing, but my my only I like what he did, but my only kind of critique, I guess, or criticism, or or if you will, um, <clears throat> I like the story of his friend Daphne but at the same time uh, being objective kind of like sitting in the middle and looking at it it's kind of it's like a slippery slope because essentially at least how I took it essentially what he did is hey look at me I'm not transphobic I have a transphobic friend right, right. <laughs> it's like it's like the white people that's like I can't be racist my neighbor is black and we have drinks together. I have a black friend. Like that's kind of what I got from that. Right. Um, and just to like have that conversation. I mean, just think about that shit. Every time somebody tried to tell you they wasn't racist cause they had a black friend. Like it ain't, it's not really, it's not a conversation. It's, it's not a piece to start a conversation. I, I mean, I, I don't really know how to word it, but I think, he could have got his point across just as well at just kind of kicking it as, you know, I'm here at, at this point and this is where we need to be. Cause that's, I mean, that's what he did after the story is like when he was saying, don't talk down, you know, to me, or I remember exactly what he said. Don't talk down at my people or, you know, that, that whole little piece. Yeah. I think that, that was, that shit was really well said. Cause like, I don't think he hates trans people. I think he he is using them as content just as he would anybody else and that the world has used us. Um it's the same thing. You know, we were we've been used for content for you know, since the beginning of time. Right. Rather like you said, rather it be blackface or, you know, the minstrel shows, um shit, the content of cotton, you know, whatever the case, like um, shit has always, we've have always been at the end of shit. Um, and like you said as well, and taking it in stride. So it's like, if you want to compare yourself to us, you know, it's literally for us, it's a never ending battle. Like, you know, you get to go home and, and, you know, you, you safe from all of that shit. You know, nobody knows you're you're gay or, you know, whatever the case at that point. You know, that's your sanctuary. But, right. I mean, we at this point not even safe at home, you know? Like, and that's even from the motherfuckers that's supposed to protect us. Like, with you know, with Brianna even. 
Like, you know, we at home sleeping, bro. Right. Like, we, we just can't catch a break. And I think that's the difference is you're not, the world doesn't know you're gay until you tell them. Right. And that's a blanket-ass statement. I get it. But the world doesn't know you're gay until you tell them. When we walk outside. That's it's evident. Everybody knows. Right. It's there, you know. It, it's no hiding from that shit. It's no escape. So I think if we're going to be their comparison, you have to at least get to the point where everything that's said about you isn't a cancel. Right. It isn't a riot. Right. It isn't an ordeal because this is our reality and it has been for forever. And I, mean, I can't really re- ever recall anyone. Matter of fact, there was a meme about it on uh, on Facebook about the Dave Chappelle shit when, you know, he did all the black jokes, you know, the player haters ball. He When he did Clayton Bixby, the R. Kelly shit. Yeah. Nothing. It's fine. But as soon as, you know, it's a, it's a gay joke, now we got to cancel Dave Chappelle. Like... If the Chappelle show was any other race, <clears throat> he would have been, you know, it would have been a problem a long time ago. But he got by so long, and I'm not mad at it because I love Dave Chappelle, but he's gotten by so long with us being the butt of the joke. And until 2021, there's been no problem with it. And, and you know, I kind of want to uh, carry on what you were saying. And kind of like a lot of people kind of forget the reason why he left, he understand like the things that they were trying to force on him. They tried to force him to put on a dress and pretty much essentially it became like a whole thing that ultimately led to him leaving the show. And so for people to kind of like forget about that part. So, and he lost everything because he wasn't really on board with that. And for people to kind of come at him and get at him about the whole situation, you know, he kind of has this pain about it. Like he lost his whole way of life, his whole lifestyle due to something that's trying to be forced upon him. And this whole thing is he, he not trying to like bash people. He's just trying to create the conversation. Like you got to understand, like I understand from his point and his perspective of the jokes of, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what they, you know, ultimately tried to, force upon him or whatever or try to you know but I feel like you gotta go about it a certain way I feel like everybody just gotta learn it like I said laugh at they self man like laugh about <laughs> just life man like you gotta just let shit go there's more important shit and then my whole thing about the uh so Netflix employees they uh staged a walkout and you know I'm all about supporting uh, uh, you know, standing up against what you, you know, what you believe in. But it's like, I don't know, it's like they, they hold a uh, thing about Dave Chappelle. So the whole thing was because of Dave Chappelle. They want imageries of him removed and stuff like that, which I understand, you know, but the other demands that they want is they want more people hired, they want people in higher situations. It's kind of like they're trying to u- utilize the backlash for him to kind of move forward with what they trying to achieve or whatever, which is cool and it's fine, but now they're trying to piggyback off dragging a black man to kind of get forward. And that was like kind of like another thing he was touching on in the comedy special and what I was saying earlier, like how they weaponize their sexuality as if it's the same as the oppression of uh, African-Americans because somebody that's white and that identifies as LGBT benefits from still benefits from white privilege versus somebody being black and identifying LGBT. But the white people that identify with LGBT will literally claim and acknowledge that it's twice as hard for somebody that is African American and LGBT. And my ultimate question was like, why is that? Because, like you said earlier, like they don't know your sexuality unless you speak it into existence or let it be known. Like they know who and what I am. 
I don't have to say or do anything. Like the, the, they cast judgment if I come off with proper etiquette and I know how to articulate myself. They may feel more, you know what I'm saying, for whatever reason. But but that's that's the thing about being black because they cast judgment either way. If you come off articulate, it's just a more favorable judgment on their part. Absolutely. But if you come off on the opposite end of that, then it's like, oh, this nigga is exactly what we thought he was. Right. You know, it's like, it's no winning. And for somebody... And and for somebody to be white in a LGBTQ community to tell me that they suffer from oppression as well, which I'm not taking away anything. I don't believe in nobody being discriminated against at all. Because if anybody understand, I understand. Regardless, I stand up and I support anybody. But you don't have to use our pain or, you know bring up what we went through to kind of justify what y'all trying to achieve because it's, it's literally not the same. And it kind of, it kind of puts people on a stance that don't identify as LGBT to want to like fully support because they kind of taken like for granted, like what people went through and that people that identify within that community also went through that they don't even have to even go through. Like, for example, if it was a job or whatever, they don't care if they racially discriminated against color. It don't matter if you are queer or whatever. They just don't want, you know what I'm saying? Rather, just for example, you know what I'm saying? It don't matter. So you can still be queer or whatever. As long as you fit that description of whiteness, you're good. But that same person that, that identifies LGBT and he's or she is African-American... They won't get it just because they don't like the way they look. And that ultimately plays the biggest difference in the of the two. But I feel like ultimately that's what Dave Chappelle was saying. I think even to mix all the backlash, um I'm not gonna say his mission was accomplished, but the goal of having the conversation was definitely kicked into effect. Even if it's, you know, not him specifically having it with any one person, it put that conversation into the universe. So he may not have any more understanding from it. Like shit, damn near just look at, I mean, he could kind of be looked at as a sacrifice depending on how hard they keep pushing to cancel, bro. Cause he, you know, he go risk it all again. (laughs) Um, but it's like it, it put the conversation into the universe so like uh, you know someone we know who's a part of the community have made a post about it and you know it kind of started a conversation there so it's like even seeing it in your own friend circle is dope like I feel like we like you know obviously we don't know it all and don't understand it all ourselves but um, shit, just knowing you and knowing me, we both pretty, you know, open to whatever, you know, do your thing, be happy. But I think even seeing it amongst, you know, our friends and our friends groups and, you know, you know, we all got different friends that are not mutual, um, that may not be as understanding. So it's just dope to see that, that conversation is kicking off and understanding is coming from both sides. At least what I've seen. Absolutely. And, you know, and I come from... Uh, a household or whatever, like everybody's pretty much heterosexual, and that's that's pretty much the situation. But it took me pretty much stepping out of my household and dating a girl that I, you know, cared about and was with for like a very very long time. And her mother, and well, she pretty much had two parents that was queer, and they pretty much opened my eyes about certain things and aspects of situations that I was pretty much closed-minded and closed off to. Things that I didn't understand, things that I didn't know about, things that I wasn't educated on, and that, you know, they took the time to help me understand when I didn't understand. And when I had questions, they didn't take it as offense or whatever. They pretty much helped me understand. And it pretty much helped me understand and helped me learn, like, what, what others go through that I don't pretty much go through the same as them, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to find yeah. the words to say it, but it pretty much. I know what you mean. Yeah. And that's dope to have because 
there is no understanding if we can't ask questions. And she, and like, and she helped me, uh, her mom helped me get into the tech field and stuff like that. She had like own tech company and stuff like that. Her other mom was in the construction. Like they, they pretty much inspired me. They helped me. And then I come from a background that they don't come from. Like, you know, we come from Oakland yeah. and shit like that. They, they grew up with money. You feel me? Or, you know, or they got it and found a way how to keep that shit or whatever the situation yeah. is. But it's shit that they learned from me. And the shit that I learned from them. And I feel like that's ultimately what it's all about. Like, we have to come together and and just kind of share stories and experiences. Because you never know what anybody's going yeah. through. You never know. That's, that, that's the biggest thing. I think that's that's what that's what Dave was saying in the special. Is we got to come together, have the conversation, and understand each other. Because, you know, they... they they and not they as any group but they as the world they already want to find a reason like we were saying with the Kyrie thing everything I mean negativity is content you know so the news and you think about that shit the news may give you one good segment but the rest of the news at least where we from is you know who got killed how many shootings the arrests at the side show this closing down that's closing down you know, like the world runs on negativity, so they're already, you know, they're already looking for that divide. As soon as they find a little piece of, a little piece of something, it becomes a bigger thing, and they run with it. You know, right? Um, so yeah, that 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 whole thing is is necessary. That conversation, that understanding on both both of the both sides, as far as the LG. BTQ and black people, but not even just black people, the whole world. I feel like just as much as we want to be heard or we need to be heard and understood, they're in that same boat for different reasons. Like I hate the, I hate the trying to relate to us because of, you know, trying to share our trauma. Cause honestly, there's, there's nothing equivalent to being black. And it's nothing to even glorify uh, about even, bringing up the trauma you know what i'm saying like yeah like it, it doesn't make me want to relate and not just in this situation but in anything like it doesn't make me want to relate it doesn't help me understand you or it's 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 just it's unnecessary and i hate that people think that that's a way to relate or get through or break down the door with us like that shit is trash like, like you imagine bro imagine somebody beat the shit out of you and every time you walk up to him, like, I, the shit's been beaten out of me, too. Like, bro, that's, <laughs> that's not going to make me feel good. you just making me think of getting my ass beat again. Like, yeah. I don't want to hear that shit, bro. Yeah, I feel like you you can further the agenda without having to piggyback off the oppression of black people. And that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty much plain, simple, straightforward. And you will get more support from all hallways all regions all types of directions when that happens not saying like all people because this is different kinds of people i had a conversation with a friend and she identifies as lgbtq and she pretty much put it out there like there are uh racist uh lgbtq there are uh, prejudiced uh heterosexuals there are like there's all kinds of you know so it's it's like i understand like i understand why people do form groups, why people do come together and why, but don't mean it just because there are a few bad eggs or what I, whatever, or you don't understand somebody's perspective, or doesn't mean that there has to be a, 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 a altercation, or there has to be you know a problem, you know, take the time to yeah. understand this person and why they feel that way, or why they have the stance on that whole thing, like I said, like Dave Chappelle, they tried to put him in a dress and he didn't want to do it. And they were really adamant about doing it. And it ultimately led to him losing everything. He did an interview. He said that he lost everything. It wasn't easy peasy. He wasn't out there like they didn't even pay him for the Chappelle shows, season one and two. He never got paid for those. You feel me? So it was just kind of like he he has his stance on certain things. But you got to understand like what he went through and his trauma and shit like that. And I... I 
I feel like you gotta look at both sides. I understand the LGBTQ side, and I understand Dave's side. You feel me? But I feel like yeah. they gotta find a barrier between the people that they know, the friends and stuff that can kind of like let them know, like they don't mean harm. Yeah, I mean, my final thoughts, like on it to wrap it up for me anyway, is uh, it's hard. He's in a tough position because he is a celebrity. And there's no way for him to get through to an entire community. You know, obviously, the friends in that community that he have, they already love him. Like, you know? But I don't think he's ever going to be universally accepted. And there's no way, like you said, so many personalities. There's no way for him to really accomplish really anything with the community as a whole. Um, Because, you know, the community is so big and he's just him and, you know. Is even for any group of people, there's no group that big anyway. There's yeah. no universal figurehead that just says, "All right, you got the stamp of approval." I feel like from this point on, he's always going to be um, figuratively fighting, you know, to be approved or accepted or you know whatever you want to call it by them. At this point, I feel like he just made himself a forever op and. <laughs> He's going to be fighting that that uphill battle with that group outside of, you know, who actually come in contact with him probably for forever. You know, they'll probably hate him forever. They're 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 real, uh, real sensitive. And I think he crossed the line. <laughs> yeah, I feel that shit. But as we, we probably carry on this for another day or whatever, but. I do. I, I do could carry that. on this for another day. Yeah, I mean, shit. It's 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 a lot to talk it's, about. Yeah, exactly. But to kind of wrap up the the episode, uh, pretty much we have this thing that we like to do is uh, a crown it moment to pretty much crown um, people, situations, and pretty much people that's out there doing good and trying to change the world and trying to make the world a better place and just pretty much trying to bring some good back into the world you feel me like it's not all about the bad you feel me so um i like to take the time to crown a group uh i like to take the time to crown a group of men based out in shreveport louisiana that started a group called dads on duty it is a group of 40 or so fathers that have uh, they have kids that attend the Southwood High School in Shreveport. These men found a creative way to combat violence in the high school after finding out there was a three-day series of school brawls that took place at the school and it led to 23 students getting arrested. The dads came together and they all agreed that they're the best people to help the teens versus getting the police involved. The dads are present and they hang out at the school to this day and they hang out on the school grounds uh, even during school hours. They even take shifts to make sure there's always somebody present. And since the dads have been present at the school, there have been zero incidents at the school and there have been no more violence. And not only that, the school has been far more unified and a happier place. The kids say they feel much safer with the dads there on school grounds and ultimately change the dynamic of the school. The dads on duty was started by a man named Michael Lafay. And ultimately, he understands that a lot of these kids there, they, they don't have father figures and they don't have nobody positive in their lives. And if them being there and being more involved in these, these kids and these students' lives and make them feel more motivated, more loved, and that's what they're going to keep doing. So schools agreed to let them stay indefinitely. And it's pretty much been going up ever since then. The grades, like students themselves have been saying like, like, they actually study. There's been no more fights. There's no more tension. Like, they even give them, like, the cold dad stares or whatever. Like, you know you like you know what you're supposed to be doing right now. Like, you know you're doing wrong right now. Like, they just be on top of all stuff, you know. But they're not all cold stares and putting kids on the spot, you know, unless it's resulting from a bad dad joke. But ultimately, <laughs> uh, they understand it takes a village, and they pretty much on top of the game and I really uh, appreciate them and I pretty much want to get them the crown uh, for this episode for doing that I feel like that's real real um, honorable yeah that's fire 
just think of every school had a dad or two. There's a lot of dads out there that want to help and just kind of don't know ways or, you know, don't know how. So, but you just think, like, if that, that one school could be the example, bro, did that tell you the power that just being present has? Like, And it's, and it's 40 of them. They all take shifts. They come in. Um, they walk kids to, to, to class. They walk them uh, home. They walk them to the buses. They, they literally involve. Like, literally, like, there. And these are, like, kids that were there, like, in fights and stuff and were assaulting other kids. And they had other kids hash out their differences and to focus on education. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's ultimately what it's all about, you know? Man. Yeah, that's fire. Need more of it. Absolutely. So that's how we're going to go ahead and wrap up that episode right there. And, yeah, and I do appreciate y'all for tapping in with us, man. And we're going to go ahead and keep a lid on that note. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate everybody that's actually tapped in. All the likes, all the, you know, all the love, the shares, the reposts. And- so this is, yeah, so this is literally our first official episode. I know the last episode was a prologue. I know it's still a little choppy in the beginning, but we're going to get it together. We're going to make it solid, man. We appreciate y'all once again for tapping in. Yeah, Rome wasn't built overnight. It was the well, I don't know, maybe